With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Hungover, jet lagged, and confused about what day and time it is. Wait. Who am I? Why am I here? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast as Europe Kids. I'm your co-host, Joel, the 848 out of Amsterdam, Cheeseman. This is Chad. Take it easy, so wash. And I'm leaving Messing Austin already. Funny when I was in. On this episode, Adeco replaces its CEO, job and talent goes Viking on Norway, and the long-awaited e-recruiting Congress wrap-up. Let's do this. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. So where is everybody today? I'm back in America. You're back in America. You got there and you don't know what time it is. I know how that feels. I don't know. It's six o'clock, my body time. It's (laughs) noon, real time. Uh, Yeah, I went to bed at 3 p.m. Eastern or European time. Uh I don't don't know what the hell's going on. And I'm jet lagged as shit. I'm still hungover on Belgian beer. Nice. (laughs) You will not get my A game today, guys. Sorry. (laughs) So leaving, you're back at home. Where where is home? We know it's Belgium, but where's home? There is a a saying in Belgium, home is where my Stella is or something. Stella is a kind of beer. So uh, that's where home is. We say hard is in America. It's uh, yeah. where my where my beer is in Belgium. I like that better. But, uh, no, I'm like living that in, in Bonhead, in a cozy little town in Belgium. Well, that's that awesome. Sounds cozy. That's awesome. So it's funny because we uh, we, we had tickets to, to fly out just a direct to Faro here in Portugal, here in sunny, beautiful Portugal. Asshole. So Julie looks at the. Uh, looks <laughs> looks at the airport and it's the most southern airport so taking the train by itself wasn't an option so we were on the train for about uh 20 minutes and then we were on a bus for about two and a half hours so then then we we got on and, and what is up with 
Europeans in loving queues. It's like they go from one queue to create the next queue to create the next queue in air travel. It's it's like it's crazy. But anyway, we're here and we're enjoying it. So there that's you go. a line for those in America yes. who don't uh, speak Europe like Chad uh, does now. All, all of a sudden. Football is now soccer, and soccer is. I don't even know what's going on. I I need a I need a trans I need a translation tool with Stop Chad. Stop whining, joyous. Stop whining. Stop whining. <laughs> Stop whining about your steak. It's perfectly fine. Exactly. Didn't have the grill marks. It didn't have the grill marks. Where's the sizzle, man? It's no, like never it was, it's like it was cooked again. in a toaster. I don't like Belgian steaks. Uh, there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> Stick with the fish. Oh, what a spoiled bitch, fish. I swear. Everyone listening is like, what in the hell? I'm out of here. I'm on. Uh, I think they all get it. Joel, Joel likes his steaks a certain way, and that's Merkin. I like what I like. What are you going to do? <laughs> By the way, I, I re- it's it was Mother's Day in Europe too, right? Yesterday? Yeah. So did you guys celebrate any special, uh, you know, special things for Mother's Day? Well, we mostly celebrate Mother's Son Mother's Day. But like, did you take your mother? <laughs> All right, a-holes. My mom <laughs> passed away a couple years ago, so you guys still have your mother. So laughing Very about chill. it is not cool whatsoever. Now you got to pull yeah, that out. That, That's not even cool. That's not pain. even cool. <laughs> is your mom passed? No. Oh, well, then how do you yeah, feel I'm my pain? Try to pretend to feel your pain. You'll pretend. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Chad's really good at that. I brought I brought my wife, who's a mother, uh, yes. back Belgian chocolate. And I can tell you there's no better gift for someone who loves sweets than Belgian chocolate. Uh, no, Holy cow. not at all. Holy not cow. at all. Yeah. Okay. Shout outs. Shout outs. Let's get into it. Uh, I'll go first. Go. So my shout out is to Kharkiv. Uh, I think the second biggest city in the Ukraine. Um, Chad, you remember pretty famous photo from the Vietnam era where a, uh, a hippie puts a flower in the, uh, the gun barrel of a, I think a reservist gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, incredibly powerful photo and sort of encapsulated the the moment and the time. Uh, anyway, the same thing continues to happen um, in Ukraine. In spite of being in a war this past week, I believe the Ukrainian city of Kharkiv, uh, the mayor ordered or encouraged the planting of tulips throughout the city. So as you go through sort of bombed out Kharkiv, mm-hmm. the city made a statement of defiance by planting tulips throughout the city, which I think is sort of a really beautiful um, and effective FU to Putin in that all this war stuff isn't going to defeat us. We are still going to make our living uh, environment beautiful and you can't do anything about it. So anyway, my shout out to Kharkiv, uh, particularly the mayor and the people there that have uh, made a small but I think effective defiant uh, message to Russia and Putin. Sunshine, flowers, and smiles. Smack yep. in the face. Yeah. Uh, my shout out, go, shout out goes to the 24 professional CSGO teams who today started to shoot each other just for fun <laughs> because the Counter Strike uh, World Cup started in Antwerp today. And, you know, I'm back into esports, so I'm following it. Mm-hmm. And I think Putin should take an example. Shooting people for fun is fun when it's a game. Yes. And what he's doing is definitely not a game. No question. No fun at all. Yeah. Well, my shout out goes to a little bit less somber. Uh, Easy Jet. Uh, this one from the BBC kids. Uh, Easy Jet plans to remove seats on some of its planes this summer. I just actually got off an Easy Jet flight to come here uh, so, uh-huh. so that it can operate 
flights with fewer cabin crew. Uh, and, and I can hear the leadership meeting now. Don't come up with your staffing problems, Allison. What's your solution? Yank out some damn seats, Johan. I mean, oh, hell no. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, there it is. I mean, you, you, you got to continue to do business. And EasyJet is a finding a way to do business. So so shout out to EasyJet. It's creative. I, I, hope that, I hope they're expanding the current seats because after being on a plane for eight hours yesterday... <laughs> They're not very roomy at all, and my ass still hurts. So it's it's called a diet, Cheeseman. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm big boned, okay? I'm big boned, and I have a uh, I have a genetic disorder that makes nachos taste delicious. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? <laughs> By the way, Ryanair, Ryanair, and EasyJet, like, are they competitors? Is it the same thing? Like, what what's the difference? Yeah, they're both budget airlines. So it's like Frontier and. Uh, Whatever the other one is. Okay. All right. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Uh, nothing else to report. No mystery guests. No travel report. Let's get to everyone's favorite. Actually, I should say Chad's favorite. No, it's Topics. Topics. All right. Let's start with Adeco. The Adeco Group last week announced a new CEO in, help me with this, Levin, Denis Machuel. Well, sort of. Denis Machuel. Danny, Danny Macuel? Danny Macuel. Okay. Who will take over the top job from current CEO, Ale Dehaze? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Good. You're getting good. You're getting good. I'm getting better, man. I'm getting better. Uh, this will happen on July 1st of this year. The announcement came as the company also reported Q1 earnings. Machuel uh, most recently served as group CEO of Sedexo. The new CEO will be based in Zurich, Switzerland. Gee, that sucks. Uh, however, while the company <laughs> focused on the new sheriff in town, the bigger news might be why the uh, soon-to-be ex-CEO was shown the door. Guys, any insight here on what's going on at the ADECO Group? One can only assume, of course, but you must admit ADECO hasn't been doing very well the recent years. I mean, in a market like this, not growing is kind of pathetic. Mm -hmm. And... They haven't been growing. I mean, Randstad is the biggest one now. Mm -hmm. Adeco used to be the biggest one. So I guess um, it's like in football when the team isn't performing as they should. In the end, they change the, the trainer. So uh, that's probably what happened here. But I don't have any real information. It's just my my idea. Yeah, you're you're right. If if you're in this landscape and you are not blowing the numbers out. Uh, there's a problem. And if you're if the challenger brand, in this case, Ronstad takes over as number one, then you definitely have a problem. I thought it was interesting, though, leaving that the current CEO is Dehaza. His background seemed more impressive as a political positioning type of individual. <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't look like he was CEO material for at the time, the biggest staffing company in the in, in the world. So is there a lot of political positioning that needs to happen from country to country? Why, why do you think you, you pick a guy with this type of background? We'll get to Denny here in a minute, but why would you pick a guy like the, the current CEO? Well, if you look at his education, he used to be, or he still is, of course, an, um, an engineer, commercial engineer, which mm -hmm. is kind of a good start to be CEO. I mean, Rika, our CEO, is also a commercial engineer. Uh -huh. So his background is definitely good, and I think he... Um, has done some great stuff during his career. No idea what went wrong at Adeco. I know some people there, but we are polite enough not to ask these kinds of questions. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to ask my uh, former colleagues who are working at Adeco now for people, why are screwing up like this? Well, he sure as hell spent money like a politician. Uh, a, a slew of acquisitions uh, followed his uh, CEO tenure. Um, you, I'll just a few I'll, I'll rattle off here. Aka Technology, uh, Brussels Engineering, a consulting firm, Kappa, Q-A-P-A, a sourcing and matching tool out of mm -hmm. France, BPI Group, uh, hired and you remember hired uh, invest or acquired Vettery uh, last year, two years ago. Uh, all of this was big vision stuff that was a lot of money that simply didn't pan out um, as the company had planned. And, and Lee, when you mentioned in terms of the company isn't doing well, that's an understatement. Uh, mm -hmm. If you look at the stock performance, the uh, the price per share 12 months ago for Adeco was roughly $33 a share. Um, and now it sits just south of $17 a share. Damn. Um, if my math is right, that really sucks. Uh, so you can't survive. <laughs> you simply can't survive as a CEO if you make these bold no. moves, write a bunch of checks and see your stock go down in half uh, and survive. And to me, that was okay, sort of the, the crux of the issue is that the dude had to go because mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't getting done. And uh, that's how public companies uh, roll. And that's how Adeco has done it. And now uh, Mashuel has the reins. And uh, I, I imagine the, uh, the acquisitions will pause for a while. Uh, there'll be some cost cutting and trimming the fat. And uh, hopefully they'll get things back on track. But yeah, not a good, not a good tenure for uh, Mr. Dehaze. But you have to give the guy some credit. I mean, probably each company has lost a few lots of money the past year but the problem with Adeco is they have been losing stock value the past five years and that's not normal mm -hmm. if you look at the last six months probably each listed company has lost something most of them but if you have been losing like for five years if you look at the stock the, the share price five years ago it was about 80 euros mm -hmm. how much is it today 17 17 it was 33 17. a year ago yeah so it's oh look okay so so we're nice. talking 80 to 17 in five years. Okay, okay, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm looking at the, you, you're probably talking about dollars. I'm talking about Swiss francs. Oh, Swiss yeah, francs. I, okay. I am yeah, talking about dollars, in, yes. Um, no, they're listed in, in uh, their own currency. Okay. So it was um, 80 or something some time ago, five years ago, and now it's uh, 38, 33. So, yeah. Still bad. Swiss Still, still not good. <laughs> Not Still good. not good. So, okay. So let's take a look at the, the, the new guy, Denny. Denny. Uh, Denny. He has 18 years, or, or I'm sorry, 14 years. Uh, he has been the CEO and also chief digital officer over at Sodexo. Uh, again, we're talking about an organization that is not in staffing. They, they do, do deal with people, obviously, but it's not staffing as much. Um, why, why go outside the industry? I mean, you did, you did comment that, you know, Rika had the same kind of uh, education, uh, but she's also been she's somewhat grown up in this industry, right? I don't see that happening with the CEOs that Adeco is choosing. Do you think this is this this is a good thing, or that's just what they look for? If the guy has been a CDO, Chief Digital, that's a start. So it was a good start to be Chief Digital. Coming from the CDO of House of HR, but that's strictly a coincidence. But, um, 
or purely coincidence. No, no, but um, he's also, uh, he studied um, back in the days, I think somewhere in the 80s. He's a bit older than I am, but he used to study uh, computer science in those days already. So the guy has some technical background mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and he has a lot of experience and it's always a good start. Yeah, I mean, Sodexo has 400,000 employees oh, in, yeah, 50, big, in 56 countries. Big so fucking country. The dude has definitely gotten his feet wet in terms mm-hmm. of being able to handle a company like a Deco. It'll be fun to see to see it pan out. So let's uh, let's talk real quick about uh, like tech they've bought. They bought Vettery for $100 mm-hmm. million, dollars, right? Yep. Uh, and then they bought Hired. Vettery bought Hired, but I mean, really, the Adeco group bought Hired uh, a little bit later. Um, and Vettery was it the other way around? No, Vettery bought hired. Okay. So, I mean, you're pretty much taking a look at a technology Vettery and then you have hired, but you paid a hundred million dollars for that, for that piece of tech. And now Vettery has gone. Now yep. it's pretty much the hired the hired platform. Do you think that that hundred million dollars just kind of uh, was a kick in the nuts as well for shareholders and board members? I guess they weren't very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but that hurts in any currency. Yeah, it's it's a lot. But um, I'm not sure if it was such a bad idea to it was a bad idea to buy Vettery. If you look at what it's now, but um, the idea was probably not even that bad. I mean, yeah, great idea. I guess R and D execution, R- man. Execution. <laughs> <laughs> well, they found they finally found what they wanted, obviously, which was hired.com, which they pretty much scrapped with Vettery and and uh, hired is now the platform. So that's that's interesting. But yeah. there's just a, a lot of a lot of differences for Adeco, and obviously in a in a market that should be booming. For a deco, they are seeing losses. Yeah, but if you, it's probably they were just looking at their competitors. If you look at RGF Staffing, they have Indeed. If you look at Randstad, they still have Monster. And I guess Aleko wanted to do something stupid as well. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> oh, that's that's a perfect segue for an advertisement. <laughs> it is. It is a perfect segue, and from one company falling apart to one kicking ass from all from all accounts. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, here's that time in the show when... (laughs) That's right. Unicorn Job and Talent, based in Spain, the digital temporary staffing platform, announced that it has acquired JobZone a staffing firm based in Norway. According to La Information, the price of the transaction was estimated at approximately 50 million euros. JobZone, headquartered in Oslo, was founded in 2002 and describes itself as the largest Norwegian-owned staffing company. JobZone has over 40 local offices with a total of 150 employees in Norway Guys, job and talent seems to be going full on Viking throughout Europe with an eye on the rest of the world. Your thoughts? Huh, Norway. I happen to like Norway. And it's really small. It's small. It's like 5 million inhabitants. So I I looked at the numbers and I thought, okay, if they are the biggest one in Norway, then 
that's pretty small. I mean, 40, 40 uh, offices isn't that big. Mm -hmm. If they were sold for 50 million, they maybe have an EBITDA of uh, mm -hmm. six, seven million, I guess, something like that. So um, that isn't really big. If they are the biggest, then probably, or it's really fragmented, or it's just a really small market. The funny thing is, Norway is an extremely rich country. They're small, only 5 million people, but they yes. were number one on the people happiness uh, ranking. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, 5 million of happy Nor Norwegians. Uh, <laughs> they are extremely rich. They have gas, they have oil. They are um, feeling a bit embarrassed by uh, the 3 billion extra euros they made because of the Russian invasion in Ukraine. Unlike Sweden and Finland, they have that bulletproof vest called NATO. Yeah, they have. They were actually founding partners of NATO, and I can imagine why. They also border Russia in the north somewhere. It's a, it's a really thriving country, and it's only small, and they have lots of mountains, lots of lake, lots of snow. Mm -hmm. So probably it isn't very easy to travel around. And that could explain why uh, the agencies aren't bigger there. So early this year, we talked about the uh, the fundraising that our friends at Job and Talent did. So $1.3 valuation yeah. of $2.35 billion uh, for our Euro listeners. That's 2.05 billion euros. It's also been reported that the company plans to go public. When you got that kind of dollars, when you got that kind of money in this point over $500 million, you go shopping, you go buy some stuff, you go gobble up uh, some market share. Um, and that's clearly what Job and Talent is doing. Um, in this market, no one is safe. And the economic conditions maybe tell us that companies are currently or will be on sale. Um, certainly, if uh, publicly traded companies like you know Spotify, PayPal, or Uber, et cetera, are on sale, I'm sure a lot of companies in our industry that are private are going on sale and might be looking for buyers. Someone like Job and Talent is going to continue gobbling up market share uh, in Europe as well as, I think, get an eye toward the U.S. of A. and start maybe making acquisitions over here. But um, these guys are a great white shark, and the feeding frenzy is just beginning. It'll be a lot of fun to talk about these guys in the months and years to come. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. it's one of those things where we talk about taking too much money. Uh, that's that's one one piece that, that I'd like to point out. I mean, $1.3 uh, mm -hmm. U.S. is just fucking ridiculous. They did say in their March press release, we are in a great position to launch our platform in the U.S. and offer a great value proposition to workers and employers there. The thing that I'm just getting incredibly confused on is the tech companies buying staffing companies. There's a lot of overhead. Yes, there there's definitely profit. But when you're talking about, and we, and we talked about this with job.com, the exact same conversation. When you're trying to build the next evolutionary step of staffing, why do you go buy fucking staffing companies? We've seen this week uh, with House of HR, you guys are looking to like break from within to be able to, to evolve from within. But to, to go and buy a new staffing organization or new staffing organizations in, I, I think they just bought one in the US earlier this year as well. It, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and, and again, we talk about focus for many founders, right? To be able to have this much money, to literally have no focus whatsoever. I, I think this is a bad thing for job and talent. I, I had high hopes for them at one time. Right now, I'm just not sure. Such a downer. It does make sense on one level, Chad. Uh, we talked about how tough it is to get clients in this market. And it's really tough to sell to HR and em employers. And if you buy a staffing company, you get customers automatically. So I think from that perspective, 
you're seeing a lot of staffing companies getting gobbled up because they have portfolios of companies that are already spending money. And if you can cut some fat, get them, uh, create efficiencies and get them on your technology, then maybe it makes sense. But I do agree, like, it is very uh, counterintuitive to think that these tech companies and these high growth businesses are buying these old dinosaurs. But I do think that the customer acquisition maybe makes it worth it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Again, we're going to step back and watch, but it, I'd see no focus here whatsoever. We're going to the U.S. Oh, wait, we just bought Norway. You know, it's, uh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but then Norway happened to be for sale, so. It, it might also be a Jedi mind trick. They might never come to the U.S. and just, you know, go go after everything they can eat in Europe. It may just be, here's a bunch of money, now go spend it. And this just <laughs> happened to... Uh, be in the uh, the classified section that they were looking at. All right, Levin, we talked about the Congress for weeks, months, and we finally had it, finally completed it. How do you feel and uh, what are some of your takeaways? I guess people listening will be glad it's all over so we don't uh, keep <laughs> on uh, promoting it. Well, at the end of this, we're going to talk about next year. So we can already start talking uh, about uh, 2023. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, try to fix the date as soon as possible so we can start relaunching. No, there you but, go. Um, Takeaways, let me think. For me, it was an eye-opener to see Jim Carroll, the futurist, uh, saying 70% of current students will be working in jobs that don't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's, it's hardly believable, but then I started thinking. I'm 45 myself now, and when I was young, the jobs we are doing didn't exist either. So it's probably always been like that. Yes. But he said, the future is coming, and it's taking its time to come, and it's taking its time, and suddenly the future is there. And that's a, that's a reality. It's true. And from time to time, we have to just think about how are we going to adapt to what's coming and it's coming so fast. And we always think five years is a long time to go, but suddenly it's there. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing we need to um, to prepare for what's coming. You need to hire people for jobs that don't exist yet. You need to hire people to reskill them for skills that don't exist yet. And I believe to a certain extent it's true. Uh, the guy also said something about uh, don't steal my powder. He was talking about the snowboarder and he, the snowboarder was an engineer and he uh, got a great offer. And in the end, he refused, refused the offer. Yeah. And um, the, the director was, was surprised. Why, why do you, would you like not to take this offer? It's a good offer. Dude, you're messing with my powder because the guy was supposed to be in the office during daytimes, mm-hmm. but he wanted to go snowboarding in the afternoon. And that's reality too. Post-COVID, people don't want to go back to the office. I just read an article about some uh, hotshot at Apple who resigned because now he had to come back to the office at least two times a week. And he thought it was too much. And then the fun part is, if you look at the offices of Apple, they are, wow, the the big circle, the the flying saucer. I'm not sure if you you definitely have seen the pictures. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's impressive. But even with an impressive office, people don't want to go back. And that's something you have to take into account too. If you want to hire people and you want to keep them, hybrids at least is something to keep in mind. Yeah. And then digital presence, uh, that's something I'm always pushing for. You have to have a great digital presence and uh, it has to be everywhere. It's uh, in the way you have Zoom meetings and it's, it's, uh, it's of course, your website and search engine marketing, etc. But digital presence, your digital employer brand, it's something most companies just don't do enough with today mm-hmm. i'm more interested in how you thought it was because you can compare to american things like uh, unleash and las vegas etc mm-hmm. how did we do I, t- I tell you what first and foremost it is amazing to be back at live events i mean that yes, was sir. it was it was wonderful 
the content, being able to connect with some some great people, some incredibly smart people. The location was amazing. The auditorium was amazing. The content was amazing. And obviously the beer was amazing. <laughs> the, uh, the esports to me, sent it over the edge to be able to start to, and again, not all the answers are there yet, I think for, for esports. Um, but I think it is so incredibly interesting when we're starting to talk about how do we actually get into the heads of some of these individuals, these kids, uh, and how do we get them to think more about our brands, about opportunities that, in more than just playing games, right? So I thought that was amazing. And I could, I, I ran out and got my food as fast as possible because it, for all the listeners, we were in an auditorium watching uh, two teams, a Dutch team and a Belgian team, go after each other, esports style, for the House of HR or the cup of, or was it the, the house of HR cup the finals, yeah, the finals the, of the, the cup, the finals of that. Now, how many, how many teams did you actually have doing this? Was it just those two at the end, the finals, or did you have other teams playing too? There were many teams, but uh, we sponsored the finals. So the idea is it's ah. a student cup. You have um, the student leagues in Belgium and in the Netherlands and it's yeah. a university league. So all those university students play against each other and the best two teams were invited. The best Dutch one, the best Belgian one were mm -hmm. invited to play on stage at our, uh, at our Congress. So uh, Belgium against the Netherlands, it's always fun. Yeah. Well, I love because we're always talking about VR and AR and the metaverse and all those things. And here is like sports that are actually bigger than the Super Bowl. Yes, they have mm -hmm. more people watching than the Super Bowl. How can companies prospectively you know, be a part of that and, and not, you know, in a genuine, in a genuine way. And I thought House of HR did an amazing job being incredibly genuine in actually hosting it during a conference. You had 400 people that were actually there who had an opportunity to get some food, come and watch it. That was, to me, was incredibly fun. And again, it was something that you're not going to see at any other conference this year. And that's the whole idea. I mean, everyone can put Dave Ulrich on stage or anything. Yeah. And it's a, it's a safe bet, you know, mm -hmm. putting something about esports on a Congress around recruitment. Mm -hmm. It's something else. And it is a, it's a, it's a bit of a gamble. I mean, I won't know how people will, re will react, but uh, I'm sure it's important and we want to share these kinds of insights with our clients, with our own colleagues, with everyone. Mm -hmm. What I find so interesting about your conference is they t conferences typically happen in really big cities. Uh, they're put on by sh companies that frankly do this for a living uh, in most cases. So there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. There's, there's a lot of sort of general interest and a lot of the topics remain the same. Granted, we haven't traveled in two years, but I'm guessing like a lot of the same things that we're, uh, we're talking about in 2019, we're going to still be talking about uh, this, this summer and, and fall in 2022. What I love about what you guys have done is, is you've taken sort of a global view, but in a localized event uh, setting. So no one's going to have a show in Ostend. No one's going to have a show in Ghent typically, but because that's your guy's backyard and it's where you guys play, you're able to put shows there in a, a unique way. And really, I think, talk about stuff that, that you guys just want to talk about. You're willing to go outside the box. You know, like uh, this is my second show. Uh, you, it's, it's only your third total. But I can remember in the second show when you had you actually had a hacker on stage 
that was like infiltrating uh, databases or how to do that and grab people's email addresses and passwords. And that was pretty, pretty dangerous shit. And you guys took a chance on showing how that's done in this show. Obviously, the e-sports no one's even thinking about that. No one's even really thinking about, okay, how do we sponsor? How do we advertise? How do we engage with this audience? And just the fact that you guys sort of have have the, the, the blank check because it's your show and you're a company that makes your money elsewhere, that you can throw uh, you know flyers out there and, and see what sticks and get real sort of feedback and engagement there. And I, for me, that's how you're different than most of the shows that, that Chad and I go to, and we go to, we go to quite a bit. In regards to sort of some takeaways from me, here's my bullet point list, and I'll get to a bigger point. Um, a few things that, that quickly stood out. Uh, Monster is still a thing, apparently. Uh, one, of the, <laughs> one, of the, one of the presentations had sort of the most popular uh, job boards in the two areas, uh, mainly the Netherlands and Belgium. Yeah, Monster was listed, which was kind of funny and interesting. But it was, it was listed, the last one. Yeah. 26%, if I remember correctly, of the people yeah. consider maybe using Monster when looking for a job. Yeah. So it wasn't really flabbergasting. Yeah. You just don't see <laughs> Monster's logo in presentations uh, much anymore. So that was kind of fun. Um, government job boards are very influential uh, in Europe. Um, in both instances, the government job site was sort of the most trafficked, which you don't see in the US at all, really. No one knows who ZipRecruiter is, which didn't really surprise me, but that was uh, that was confirmed. Uh, Europeans have better eyeglasses than I do. <laughs> incredibly stylish i don't know where the hell they buy this stuff uh but you just can't get it here uh, at least not where i shop that's for you elka <laughs> stay away from belgian ribeye steaks um i did learn that that wasn't really the conference but uh i thought i'd throw that out there again and then overall like chad and i and we talked about this at the conference with rika you know chad and i've been doing this for almost 25 years now and there was a time where europe wasn't even like talked about right it, if it was europe it was like okay monsters going to europe and Caribbean, all yeah. these companies are going to europe to to conquer it right yep and then and then the great recession happened and then you started to see sort of these little seedlings of companies and ideas start coming out of europe by the time we started thinking about this show, we could see where the trend was going. We could see where the puck was going. We could see ideas, startups, money just start trickling in to Europe, which has only accelerated in the last two, three years uh, that we've since done this show or think, you know, thought about doing something in Europe. And I think for me to actually go to Europe after two years of not going anywhere really and being on the ground talking to people in the marketplace, talking to companies and startups that were that were at the show. I mean, to me, Europe is just ready to bust and grow in immense ways and, and have creativity. Aside from like, you know, the Russia or Ukraine thing just totally going out of control, assuming that that piece is eventually realized in that area. Um, I, I if we're not talking in 2023 about some of the most exciting biggest uh, companies with a lot of immense funding going into the employment sector in Europe, I will be really shocked because I just think this thing is trending upward. I know the uh, the European economy from a you know Wall Street perspective is is really challenged right now, 
But I think if you if you settle down Ukraine and Russia and, and peace peace comes to Europe, you're going to see this space as well as others just really blow up. And it's exciting to sort of be back. And this conference for me sort of encapsulated where Europe is and where it can go. And it's really exciting. Amen. Amen. So, Levin, uh, any teasers for next year? Okay, so we could be doing this in Paris or in Berlin, but I'm kind of lazy and it's much easier for me to do it in Austin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if Rika agrees, I will be <laughs> doing it in Austin again. We'll see. But uh, no, no, seriously. Um, uh, so I'm already thinking about uh, some new topics. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about it, but uh-huh. we want to be at least as uh, creative as we used to be. I'm still not sure if the location would make such a big difference. And maybe we're just going hybrids and stream everything in a as professional possible way. But I kind of like meeting people in person. As you also said, it's nice to be live again. Yes. Amen. Oh, it was good seeing you guys. It was good you seeing too, you guys man. and getting out. Uh, Levin, are you going to join us in uh, in London for a breakfast? In a couple of months? Probably. And I saw Unleash is doing something in Las Vegas. And uh, uh-huh. you're always making fun of leaving Las Vegas. I'm going to Las Vegas. What? You're coming to Vegas? Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. It's on yeah. now. Leaving in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. All right. I'll be there. That's it. I'm going back to bed. And uh, Chad's going back <laughs> to the beach. And Levin's going back to work. We out. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. There's so many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out. We'd never admit it, but deep down, we all get at least some pleasure from bad things happening to somebody we don't like. History's full of stories about bitter enemies being mutually horrible. Usually nothing good comes of it. But sometimes, sometimes, you get soul singers James Brown and Joe Tex, or 17th century nun Sor Juana, and the entire Catholic Church duking it out and dramatically changing our world. On Beef with Bridget Todd, we tell the stories of those petty feuds behind some of the greatest art, innovation, and global events. Listen to Beef wherever you get your podcasts.